You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 79, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in a fun and informative format through expert analysis. Today's expert is Dr. Bill Hennessy, the CEO of Pratter. Pratter is a company he founded in order to improve price transparency for large organizations like self-funding employers or unions. Essentially, these organizations decide to take on the cost of insurance within their own house in order to decrease the size of their pool and ways of better controlling costs than they can through a traditional insurance company. They will use insurance companies to administer the claims, but hope that through their due diligence, they'll be able to save money better than they can get through a traditional healthcare plan that's provided by the insurers. I think you'll be as excited as I was in listening to this because you can definitely see glimmers, as we've seen in many parts of the show in the past, of ways of truly transforming the healthcare market and not through government fiat or laws being passed, which is slow, clumsy, one-size-fits-all or oftentimes one-size-fits-none solutions that get bogged down in courts and through regulatory actions. But we have actual market forces working, ones where the consumers are winning and ultimately that's you and me. Uh, whether we're an employee or whether we're someone actually buying a care on a market, but where we have things that are forcing actual price transparency and there's a demand within the market for prices. Right now, there isn't. Uh, there is some small demand from some people who don't have insurance, but as more and more people are facing higher deductibles and their plans, they're becoming much more judicious in their consuming healthcare services, whether this is imaging, surgery, medications, laboratory, but essentially people are demanding to know what things cost because they're actually responsible for the cost. And this goes along with the whole third-party payer system. We've talked about it sort of a kind of crazy way to deliver healthcare, but that's the way it is right now for the most part. But anyway, the fact that now there is more of a market, to have a market, you have to have known discoverable prices of the products and services that are being delivered. 
right now the system is not designed for that because it never no one ever cared they would just go wherever their doctor sent them or wherever they just wanted to get care now prices matter and since they matter people are seeking them out and the market is forcing these prices to be discoverable that is where Prater comes in they're the ones who are the first i think maybe there are others but certainly not they won't be the only one who are out there looking to find the best prices for the products that are we'll say commoditized or things that are repeatable like a ct scan mri things where there's not a whole lot of variation based on you know where you're going the same mri scanner probably is in every institution or the at least the quality of it and so it doesn't really matter where you go except the price might be 10 times more at one place than another and so that would make a huge difference to someone who's actually paying out of pocket or for paying towards your deductible so that's why prices suddenly matter and prider is just look using their proprietary information and and He'll go into exactly how he does this, but essentially, they find out how much everything costs based on your, you know, your insurance carrier, and they just find out the best places to go for the best price. This is a way for employers, obviously, to steer their employees or their union members or you know within their group to the right places, the ones that are cheaper. But it's also a way if uh, if you're if hopefully at some point the individual consumers will have access to this information as well, which is I think what ultimately will happen when enough people start demanding this, which they are starting to, and then. You can pass all the laws you want to try and prevent that, or you can pass the laws to try and you know advocate for that. It won't really matter because the market will already have figured this out and solved this problem, which is usually how markets work. They don't always work perfectly. They don't always work the way we want them to work. But essentially, if we unleash the market forces, they will usually drive things in the way of greater transparency, greater ability to make decisions, at least uh, as best we can make them oftentimes. But anyway... Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Bill Hennessy of Pratter Incorporated and our discussion on achieving healthcare price transparency without an executive order. Enjoy. Welcome. I'm here with my new friend, Dr. Bill Hennessy, who's a CEO and a doctor at Pratter. And so, Dr. Hennessy, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me and happy Pratter Day. <laughs> yes, I love the tag line. Uh, so why don't you just start in before I gave a little intro earlier in the show, but why don't you just go into your background? I know your doc. What kind of doc are you and how you started in Pratter and what I guess made you decide to launch this company? I love uh, possessing the entrepreneurial spirit and the goal is to help millions save billions on medical care. So I use my medical skills as an MD. I also own a physician billing company, so I use my medical billing skills. I'm the son of a f- father who's been a hospital C-suite executive for over 50 years, now just retired. He deserves it. <laughs> and so the Hennessy's focus on the business side of medicine. So I've combined my medical, medical billing and medical business skills to develop true cost transparency and affordable access to care for all working Americans. So in about 2014, I realized that the deductibles were so high that 80% of working America is paying for all of its care out of pocket each and every year. So while we may have been paying in the past $2,500 a month for a family of four or $30,000 a year to a Blue Shield United Cigna or Aetna, and then having a $6,000 deductible, of which the average family is only using $3,000. Yeah. 
what do we really get for $33,000? The answer is $3,000 worth of care. (laughs) Well, I can do addition and subtraction, maybe not much more, but the goal was then to separate care from insurance. Insurance is for a catastrophe. Routine care, like a doctor visit, blood work, imaging, or surgery center care, like a five-minute carpal tunnel release or a 10-minute GI scope, that's outpatient routine commodity care. And we've seen that vary in the carrier networks by 1,000%. That's crazy. So I'll let you steer this uh, ship, but think of it if, uh, I'll be quiet in a second, think of it this way. Employers are paying $30 per employee per month to access the the privilege of a carrier network that permits 1,000% pricing variation. Let's have Dr. Eric go ahead and be a part of a a car buying network and pay $30 a month. And today you get the Ford Escape for $30,000. Tomorrow you go to a different dealer and you get the same Ford Escape for $300,000, but you don't know until March when you get the surprise car bill. (laughs) Yeah, that's your health plan. I just thought we could do better. Yeah, it's actually uh, we talked about this a lot in the show. It's it's stunning that this sort of system even exists, right? Like you could, it would be hard to imagine a more expensive system to design than the one we have, where where we're paying exorbitant prices for routine and simple care. Uh, you know, I have a direct primary care doc, which I know my listeners know, um, and so I'm paying pennies on the dollar for my medications now. I'm paying one-tenth or one-twentieth what I would normally for lab work. Not that I get a lot of those things. I mean, I don't actually utilize it much. But I'm that person who, you know, just paying a premium and getting nothing, uh, except, I guess, for the catastrophic care. But as you said, you still are going to on the hook for the deductible. You have no middleman. That's what you just said. There's no middleman. And so that's where health care and health insurance have gotten blended and confused by the hospitals and the carriers. They hide soup to nuts from pricing. A to Z, it's hidden. But when there is no middleman, you can get a fantastic price and you are proof of business concept right in what you just said. Right. I mean, I think it's it's very telling when you're listening to politicians speak about it or you listen to somebody in the news and they're talking about, you know, people don't have, don't have health insurance and then they use it synonymously with health care and they are entirely different, right? It's like whether you have homeowner's insurance or not does not preclude the fact that you might have a house. <laughs> uh, and so uh, it's it's a... It's a you know sleight of hand or whatever, and it and it's it it sort of mangles what actually the whole point of insurance is, which is I guess where you come into. But uh, you obviously went into why you set a Prater. I assume you're. Uh, did you go into medicine? Uh, so your dad's a hospital exec. Did you go into medicine with the the expectation that you go into the business side of it, or is that something that sort of you, you fell into after in practice a little bit? It evolved. Um, uh, by training, I'm a physical medicine and rehabilitation ah. MD. I enjoy using anatomy and common sense to solve problems and, and motivate people. And uh, now I realize that as a CEO Pratter, instead of helping uh, 15 patients a day, uh, the goal is to help millions save billions. We, we need to have affordable access to care. And insurance is only for a catastrophe. For all this routine care, which is what most of us of working age get, we need to make it a commoditized market. Pratter's not going to be happy until it's like a gas station. 
yeah. the difference between the price of a chest X-ray at lo location A and location B is two cents different. That's when we're going to be happy. Yeah. Well, and that also explains your picture where you have a bunch of anatomy posters behind you. So it explains the PM&R thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so that when it comes to the commoditization, um, so how, I guess let's talk about actually maybe the the Pratter and sort of where they where you formed and and the 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 main customers you started serving I guess would probably be the uh, the self insured these are companies. Can you explain what what self insuring is for companies? Because I think most people assume that all insurance is sort of the same, like whether you buy it on the market or whether you get it through your employer. It's the same sort of process, except it's just the the only difference is where the expense comes. Uh, you know, the employer pays a share versus if you're just buying it in the market, it's you're paying the full price. Can you explain what the whole self-insurance thing is and how that might be a little bit different? Well, certainly. And uh, the, so you are correct. The self-insured employer and self-insured union, that's Pratter's customer base. That now is expanded into the independent health plan third-party administrators. But let's stick to the self-insureds. What does self-insured mean? The answer is you as the employer or union are paying all your bills. You're paying them perhaps at a Blue Shield rate and Blue Shield is administering the claims. But even when I've spoken with Fortune 500 company executives, if they think I have an Aetna card. <laughs> yeah. Aetna's paying my bills. No, you're here in Pittsburgh. You're employed by Heinz. Heinz is paying your bills. Aetna's merely the processor of it. Uh, and so when you're self-insured, you just say, look, we're big enough. We're not out to make <clears throat> the insurance companies rich. We're here to better manage our costs and we're only going to pay for the care we get and nothing more. And, and so our mindset at Pratter is this, you have full access to the bills. The legal technicality of it is in this example, Aetna does not own the medical bills. Heinz does not own the medical bills. The Heinz health plan owns the medical bills. Heinz has a fiduciary, a federal fiduciary known as ERISA, E-R-I-S-A, to properly manage all benefits spend. And for healthcare, that's now for three dollars go into healthcare for every one dollar goes in retirement. We know that employers and unions are not allowed to squander and take risky investments for your retirement. Well, they have to manage your spend. So Pratter understands that the employers and unions that are self-insured have full access to copies of the bills they paid. It's really no different than they went to the grocery store or restaurant. You got a bill, it's yours. Pratter says, give them to us. We'll put them through a 20-step proprietary process and we'll make them second grade easy to understand. We're going to give you a Pratter report. We're going to name the names of your cost drivers, the names of the providers, the real prices paid, and how many claims occurred at each one. And the top 12 or so make up half your spend. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty simple. Yeah, there's 10,000 billing codes, but you got to just focus on maybe two or three care items out of your top 12. And you have a huge effect instantly. You're going to know the good and bad price providers and the good, bad purchasing habits of your membership. Right now, right now, employers are purchasing care blindly. And after they do so, 
they still don't look at their bills. Well, we're changing that right now. Oh, and by the way, all of those claims data become searchable on our search engine by test name and zip code. So now everybody gets to see the real prices and that's the way it should be. And when real pricing exists, we eliminate cronyism and we create capitalism and there's lower pricing. So I guess the the way for self-insurance, the way to look at it is you're, if you're buying a product from, let's say, just straight Blue Cross Blue Shield, you're, you're basically taking on the risk of the entire pool of people who are using Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so if you're a company, you say, let's just take our employees out of that pool. We'll pay all the bills. We think that there's a way for us to control our costs. We're not going to have the people who are super sick who might be Blue Cross who you know don't work or something like that. Uh, and so we think that's a way for us to, to have a better handle on our costs. And so that's why we'll choose the self-insuring. And then likewise, we have to have someone to process the claims, establish networks, find the providers and, you know, the imaging centers, all that stuff. And so that's why you contract with an insurance company to do that sort of middleman or sort of contract part for the, to establish networks like an or Blue Cross. Would that, is that pretty accurate description? Yes, it's called administering the claims or paying the claims. Somebody has to do that for these employers, even when they're self-insured. Right. And so then your your step is you come in and you say, you're, you're paying these bills, but I'm going to, to show you, uh, I guess a, a good a good thing to explain to people is that, you know, when most, almost all billing is done if through insurance is done through a CPT codes, um, common procedure tables, right? Um, and uh, and uh, those those are five digit numbers or whatever. And every visit that you have like a different type of well child, well check or a surgery or any sort of procedure, they all have these codes and there are thousands of them. And so if you know, you may go to the hospital and you may have 10 codes that are done. And so, and so what you do is you basically say, okay, you're going to go and we're going to tell you, we, we decipher all these codes and tell you exactly what people, what services people got. And we're going to, we're going to tell you, the 10 that were the most expensive and if had you had it done, you know, at location X instead of location Y, you'd have saved yourself, you know, a million dollars or something. And so it, that's, that's sort of like what you provide, correct? Yes. We're the only company in America line itemizing a bill. We're showing the name of the test, the name of the provider and the real price paid. Anybody with the second grade education can understand it. Which is important for HR. I shouldn't. That's unfair. But um, so you mentioned that unions use this. Obviously, self-insured. Uh, and now, not everybody has access to your price transparency, right? I mean, obviously, you have to be a member of your of your company, right, to to see you know how much MRIs cost in Detroit versus you know Flint or something. Yes, there has to be a transition. So. You know, in our stage of a company now, six years old and growing, we have focused on businesses and unions. And then that's to uh, get the revenue jump started. Mm -hmm. And then we will eventually, sooner and later, add to permit the individual consumers to join. And for this commodity care market, we're coming out with a fourth IT platform known as the Pratter pricing portal by the end of March. Oh, and what that's going to do for anybody is we have two things. Number one, uh, we're going to show you what Medicare pays. And number two, we're going to show you what the carrier pays for any care item. Uh, and so these are real numbers based upon our data. 
for every care item purchased in America, we're teaching that there's four price tags. One, the charge. That's the retail amount. Mm -hmm. It's always the highest. It's ridiculously high in many instances for hospital care. Two, the insurance company discount. It can still be pretty high. Recall, I said that per care item, there's 1,000% pricing variation at this discount. <laughs> I think it should be one same low price across the board per care item if they're leveraging their membership for the better of their membership instead of being loyal to their fiduciary, which is the investor. Number three, cash. Number four, Medicare. The largest payer of healthcare in the United States is Medicare. And some people out there that why is cash price got to be higher than Medicare? Answer is cash has to be because taxpayer dollar must get best advantage or else the federal government considers it fraud. We can't give a better deal to somebody else other than taxpayer dollar. And I'm okay with that. So for our goal on our Pratter pricing portal, you put in a test name, you get to see the Medicare price and you get to see the carrier price. The deal is in between. So if you're getting 20 or 30% more than Medicare, that's a great cash price. That's an awful lot less than the insurance company's discount. And since 80% of working America never meets its discount, you now know what price you should pay based upon real data that with any outside interference from any insurance companies or hospitals. Then we have a money map. All the best price providers in all 50 states for blood work centers, imaging centers, surgery centers, and urgent care centers. Using our money map in a carrier network on average is 60% less than the ones that didn't qualify. Pratter's vetted every one of them undercover over the past two years. We got rid of all the billing shenanigans. We're protecting you, so you don't even have to think. And so, number one, you get your price, our pricing portal. Number two, you get your provider, our money map. And number three, you get your care. Those places are very likely to either have the target cash price or a better deal. And now we've commoditized the outpatient market. We've separated health care from health insurance as we should so that we can each gain affordable access to care and so that we can each have more take-home pay for other important things in our lives. So you've essentially used secret shoppers, right? I mean, that's you're, you're going in and saying, if I've got the Blue Cross rate, how much does this procedure cost? That you have, that's what your, your, people, <laughs> your people are doing? Well, no, we're using uh, our uh, many, many millions of uh, carrier claims data that oh, we have okay. without any restrictions. And we've created an average per CPT code, per billing code, for each of the 10,000 billing codes. And then we have a federal contract with 1 billion Medicare claims. And we've used the average per billing code there. So we, we don't have to ask them the pricing. We're trying to get rid of shenanigans such as if the uh, hospital does the billing for a surgery center, then it gets billed as if it was the hospital because they're using their hospital billing code, NPI numbers, it's called. So a $2,000 care item now becomes 4000 Hospital keeps 2000 for doing the billing, and uh, th th that's for about uh, 10 minutes of a medical biller's time paid at uh, 15 to $20 an hour. And then 
the surgery center still gets 2000. Uh, now families can go bankrupt over that extra 2000 making $4,000 out of nowhere is pretty tough for a lot of folks. Yeah. We're sensitive to that. We prevent that shenanigans for urgent cares. Many of them use ER uh, billing codes, especially down in the South, like really? Florida and Texas. Uh, yep. It's their, their defense is it's legal. But if your only answer is it's legal, you set the bar pretty low, according to Prater. And so you might be good enough for a carrier network. You're not good enough for Prater. We kick you out. So we're protecting you from those shenanigans uh, on our money map. You tap the map, and that's how you save money. Google markers on a Google map of best price providers wherever you live. Yeah, no, I, I, I watched the video. Say. My favorite is the guy with the snorkel gear on. Um, <laughs> well, uh, the old lady at the end, uh, she's, oh, she's, 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 uh, she's getting at, she's, uh, I'm told she's 93. Uh, high energy on a Prater video from Lady over 93. Uh, she's my sentimental favorite, favorite too right now. Yeah, well, I, she does the only mic drop I've ever seen with a smartphone. So that <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Good for her. We'll buy her another phone. It was worth it. I don't know if she could use it. You know, it's funny. Total side note, but you know, my parents are in their seventies and they don't have a smartphone. They have a flip phone. And I'm like, you know, I have patients come in, they're in their eighties or ninety, and they're using smartphones. I don't know why I can't send you a text. And anyway, uh, so when you look at the, look at the pricing differences, I mean, you can, you have, you have places where if someone's in, let's say Detroit, and they can find a good price in Metro Detroit for an MRI, and you may have a couple of centers. How do you get that patient to go to the right place, right? Uh, if they're a union member and their union's covering the cost of their care, do you just does the union say have incentives saying if you use the right center, we give you money back? Or how do they how do they get people directed to the right place to keep their their expenses low? You're correct, Eric. So if I asked you to do five jumping jacks, you'd look at me funny. If I held up a $100 crisp bill and I said, do five jumping jacks, this $100 yours, it reframes what I asked you for. Yeah. You're going to do the jumping jacks and I'm going to give you the $100. Money is the only thing that motivates. And we have two money techniques. One of them is to incorporate our money map providers into the health plan design. Waive the copay and waive the co-insurance. In other words, for the union members, make them free places for care. Oh, yeah, sure. We've enriched your plan. So get this. The union health fund is paying less for care, but the union members are getting more care. Usually, if you pay less, you get less. In the world of Prater, you pay less and you get more. Right. It's a short, simple message without even any pricing. They don't need to understand pricing. They, these facilities have such better prices. You just go there and you get your care. We'll calculate the math savings for the, for the health and welfare fund. And that's for the executives to know. We want it to be very simple for each union member. Yeah. So you just have an easy incentive plan. Do you find yeah. that the, that the prices in, is the impact of this price transparency, is it enough that it's actually moving the market at this point, or do you think it's still too, still too new and too small to be to be impacting centers to like consider you know what they're charging you know ten times what the their competitor is? 
Well, uh, the number of employers and unions pounding their fists at the table demanding it is absolutely going through the roof in the past year. And I will credit the PR uh, behind the uh, current uh, Trump administration and President Trump signing the executive order on medical cost transparency. And, and it's really waking up a sleeping dog to say, my goodness, we do deserve to know the price of care. We are paying $12,000 per member per year to uh, on health insurance and we're paying it blindly. So if you have a thousand union members, you're paying 12 million blindly. Yeah. It's time to end that. And so uh, there's pent up demand uh, for, for this right now. I will say that cost transparency is for the C-suite of the employer and the C-suite of the union and for the benefit consultants and health plan TPAs. Once they understand cost drivers, you can only manage what you measure. I will say that for each uh, employee or union member, money is the motivator to get results. So the employer or union can improve their health plan design. They can even improve the software that adjudicates claims. But on the employer or union member end, it's gotta be simple. Here's money, it motivates, it's in network care, it's all routine care. If you go here, it's free care. So there's gotta be a whiff of what's in it for me for the C-suite as well as the member. Yeah, well, it makes sense. And it also the fact that since you've lowered the costs and made it simpler, it, you're gonna have people who are gonna start treating things sooner. And right, I mean, it's kind of, there's so much, uh, I guess you'd say slush in the system <laughs> that there's plenty of room to save money and still have more access to care <laughs> because yes, a hundred percent at some point that uh, will not be the case. Right. I mean, once at, right. at but that, well, but at this point, that's just the, the situation. Well, then there's the high deductible as you just alluded to the high deductible plans have prevented people from getting care and it ultimately costs the, uh, each, uh, healthcare consumer and its employer or union more money. Uh, because then they let small things fester into big medical problems. And ultimately it's bad for the person's health and it's bad for the person and the company or union's wallet. Uh, so, I, you know, we need to take within that high deductible national average being 6,000 with an, with the national average being 80% never meet it for those people. They do require on our Pratter platform doing a little bit of homework to understand the pricing that some of the larger self-insured companies that have rich plans, they're fortunate, they are blessed, they have rich plans, but there's many, many that have a high deductible, including myself, where you have to understand, okay, here's the Medicare payment, here's the carrier payment, I need to pay a little more Medicare, who's gonna, who's gonna give that to me? All these Google markers on Prater's Money Map are going to be the ones that play ball and give that to me. I can save thousands of dollars by accessing routine care there. I'm just going to use the hospital for if I need hospitalized. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, uh, I, you know, I talked to Dr. Eskew, who is a attorney also, and we t discussed the whole executive order with the transparency, cost transparency rules from the Trump administration. And it, it seems fairly clear to me too, that it, it's, uh, that it will be struck down in court and they won't be allowed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So 
because uh, it's proprietary information. But I think you know the the way that you really bring real cost transparency is having a market force like what you're what you're providing and what your what members are demanding. I mean, as soon as all consumers and those would be companies and you know unions, like you said, and regular you know individuals start demanding that transparency for medical pricing, it'll happen. It's not like it's. I mean, they can have all the the insurance companies can demand whatever they want is for price, proprietary information. But as soon as there's a huge demand for it, and that's what your people insist on, it'll just be there. You don't need an executive order to to force that into the market. You just need to have an expectation from consumers that that's just going to be there, right? I mean, so it's actually more efficient. Solutions now, right? You're yeah, right. we don't need any laws. We yeah. got solutions right now. We just need people to play ball with Prater, and we bring it to you today now. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't matter if the Democrats or the Republicans have been in power. Our cost of health care has gone up every single year. So uh, while we may have, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a, a properly spirited administration for promoting medical cost transparency, you know, it's, it's tough to believe that real results are going to be affected. I do think that on an individual consumer basis, there will be some laws that are helpful, but that doesn't change the fact that corporate America, including the unions, when they get their medical bills, they're not going to, it's not the same rights as an individual. And so as a corporation, there's still all kind of tricks being played to hide the pricing. When an employer or union asks for all of its medical bills, we at Pratter see that we understand it and we know how to, expose it and and help the uh, employers and unions save money. Yeah, I mean, the real disruption, the real solutions are not going to come from regulation, you know, government fiat. It's going to come from the market. And that's where we've seen, I talk to people all the time in the show about people who are being disruptive and finding innovative solutions, even around all the regulation, even around all the, you know, the obfuscation from companies and, you know, pharmaceuticals. And they find ways to get people what they want at the price they want. And I, I'm convinced that that's that this this is where the solutions are going to come from. It's uh, from you know people like you or you know, people who open their own emergency rooms and have fully transparent pricing or surgery centers, direct primary care. I mean those are the those are the people who are really going to start opening up for consumers and to provide the care that people want and they expect like they do anywhere else in the market for any other product. Yeah, I agree. And that gold standard is uh, for pricing is is Medicare. And we have a billion price tags in all 50 states. There are Medicare reference-based pricing health plans, ones that will pay Medicare plus a percent more. And what I predict is over the next five years, they're going to continue to grow in popularity until the word Medicare drops. If things are done very frequently, it's going to have a close to a Medicare price tag. If things are done less frequently, more specialized surgical care, for example, it's about supply and demand that's going to be done at a multiple of a Medicare price tag. Wait a second. Supply and demand, known pricing. Hmm. Sounds like capitalism is indeed coming to health care. Yeah. And anyone who, who suggests that we have a, a free market or any sort of thing close to it in the me medicine is clearly not ever actually try to purchase or work in that industry. Uh you mentioned that you that your goal now that you have sort of established uh, Pratter with larger companies and unions that you're looking towards having a, a market available for individuals. You know, for like I mentioned earlier, I I have a health sharing account now, so I don't actually have insurance, and so I'm paying cash essentially, you know, and getting cash discounts when I find procedures. 
what it, what sort of this is the sort of thing that people who the, the, my situation or other people who have health sharing or just you know no insurance at all they could access this as well. Uh, yes, as uh, a very good friend of mine in my neighborhood said, uh, I said, "Hey, Bill, you this is the Carfax of medicine," <laughs> and he didn't mean it in bad way. He just says, "I understand what you just said." And what you just said about how you told me how to buy something and get the price makes sense. He goes, but I might not need something for seven more months. And I'll forget everything you said. You use Pratter when you need it. Just like you might only buy a car once every three, four years. You use it when you need it for Carfax. And so uh, we want to have a uh, the ability to also come out with a consumer product that's one time. Again, we're going to show what the hospitals get paid the independent non-hospital facilities get paid and what the doctors get paid per care item for the vast majority of the 10,000 billing codes. And we're going to show what Medicare pays and we're going to show what the carriers pay. And we're going to have a little 90 second video on how you can actually make a purchase at that price. And we're going to walk you through also an example. So if you read fine, if you want to watch a video, fine but we are exposing 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 pricing and creating the opportunity to gain affordable access to care when do you expect to launch that product for individual consumers that's a great question how about a three-word answer i don't know (laughs) at first we're going (laughs) to we're providing it to the brokerage and tpa community coming uh, march or or april uh, I expect we're going to get some expert uh, feedback. Uh, I think it's fine as is, but we always respect the market and get feedback. We will likely improve it. <clears throat> and with uh, enough revenue and enough feedback, I would like to say that we can go live to the market by the end of this year. Oh, wow. Uh, but, but you know, yeah. my honest answer as of uh, F- February 18th today is, just, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a fair answer. Uh, let's talk about Medicare payment for just a moment. There, are all, as you know, in the Democratic campaign right now for president, there's a lot of talk about Medicare for all and for pricing with Medicare. And then you talk to anyone who's in medicine, like whether they're hospital executives, physicians, whoever, and and the and you say, hey, how about we just make everything just Medicare pricing? It makes it real simple, right? And that, and that's what you know, politicians might say. And they will always say, well, then there'll be no access to care. There's, the hospitals go under. Um, what do you say to that? Because, I mean, I think on some level, we just discussed that Medicare has lowest prices. And you just accept them because, well, it's better than nothing. But if all your business was Medicare, you wonder if a lot of these institutions or certainly, you know, physician pay. Certainly physicians, some physicians are paid way worse than Medicare versus other specialties. I mean, I'll mention that with anesthesia. It's very poor for Medicare payment compared to other specialties. What sort of... It's it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, I I would think Uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, anybody says Medicare for all saying that just to get votes and uh, uh, that's it. Throw our country under the bus. Nobody believes it. Um, So, uh, yes, it is the number one payer of Medicare. Yes, it helps create a gold standard. But yes, everybody in the medical community, whether you're a doctor or hospital, surgery center, imaging center, we understand it pays on the low side. 
We also all understand that if 100% of our business came from Medicare, almost all of us would be out of business, period. You know, a typical hospital that may have a half of its uh, payer government-related, Medicare, Medicaid, that other half, they typically are going to have to get 180% of Medicare to break even. So uh, we, we do know that uh, as a whole, uh, all medical providers need higher than a Medicare payment, uh, but a Medicare plus payment uh, does does make uh, sense. Yeah. So we you don't want Medicare for all. I mean, it goes back to Ronald Reagan. I remember his famous line, uh, knocking on your door. I'm here for the government. And I'm here to help. And everybody laughed and everybody should. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you you absolutely could have Medicare for all and it would work, but you'd have to just raise the rates of Medicare pays. And uh, if you don't do that, then you're going to present your massive shortages within the market on, on, on personnel, on facilities, medications, whatever, because yes, it is true that Medicare rates are accepted, but that does not mean that that is the, that is the rate that, like you said, it can't be the baseline rate for everybody. And that's just a market reality. And, you know, if you were to do that, then you're going to have a situation where you have rationing. I mean, I guess you always have rationing, uh, either self-rationing or within a, you know, healthcare system of, like a provide uh, insurance company or something, they like say, "Well, you know, you can't, you can't go to this person unless you've gone through, you know, three steps before." That's sort of a type of rationing and delaying care. But uh, you'd have real rationing, right? Like, there's no one you can't go and see someone for two years for your hip replacement, or whatever. And so, yeah, it, it's got to be Medicare Plus. We can have a friendly discussion on, you know, what a doc- should doctors get paid. We go by categories, doctors. Well, if you pay them about 120 percent of Medicare, you're getting equal, if not a few dollars more than what the carriers pay them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, currently, what do hospitals get? Well, for imaging studies in a carrier world, they're getting 475 percent of uh, Medicare. For imaging, they're getting almost 800 percent of Medicare. Uh, that's that's too egregious. Uh, what should they get? Probably about 180 percent of Medicare. What about surgery centers, imaging centers? Well, you, you know, we got friendly debates on the 130 to 150% of Medicare. It's got to be a Medicare plus. And, and by category, uh, there's different reasons on, you know, for, for why we would uh, recommend, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, price purchase point. Uh, but basing it off of a gold standard and then letting the market adjust on supply and demand with all the known pricing is what makes the most sense over the next uh, handful of years. Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking at um, a paper recently. I don't know if it was in Journal of Surgery or something like that, but uh, they were they were looking at comparing Medicare reimbursement for general surgery procedures like a lapicolosystectomy, so you know, taking out a gallbladder, uh, and that the the reimbursement rates for physicians, the, the physician fees, have gone down in Medicare uh, for the last I don't know when they've compared it, like ten years ago or something like that. So the the money is not going to physicians yet the cost of these procedures has gone up a lot and I can tell you that the the time for procedures and none of that has changed right I mean that's all they still go pretty fast and and it's it's going to the other you know the the hospital ether which is the the facility fees the you know buying jet fuel for executives and all that kind of sort sort of thing so uh, I think oftentimes in especially in the lay press now you see physicians maligned and. There are plenty of reasons to be upset with physicians and not being conscious of the fiduciary responsibility of their patients, you know, by just ordering extra exams and things like that that are unnecessary. But the fact that they're getting just piles of money uh, more and more is really, it's not true. (laughs) 
Well, if we expose the underbelly, as you're alluding to, the electronic medical record, also referred to as the EMR, for the 60% of 900,000 physicians employed by the hospital is used to control the physicians and control the patient flow. And if you don't refer to a certain location, you get fired as a doctor. And the doctors don't care about the bankruptcy of the uh, patient or the ability of whether the care is affordable or not. It's about making sure you don't lose your job. Yeah. This is a sad reality that does exist that very, very few, maybe only me, are willing to discuss because unless the problem's exposed, there's no solutions created. Let me show you to your point, though. I was asked this recently. Tell me a hernia repair. It's an England hernia repair. What does Medicare pay? And what do the carriers pay on average? Medicare pays a hospital, according to the world of private, $2,783 is a facility fee for a hernia repair. Mm -hmm. A freestanding surgery center, they pay $2,487. Very similar. Good news is the federal government does not discriminate. I'm pleased to see that as a taxpayer. Now let's go with the carriers, meaning Blue Shield United Signet Aetna pay on average nationwide. They pay the hospital $5,869. And they pay the freestanding surgery facilities $2,586. In other words, they're paying them what Medicare gets, but they're paying the hospitals double or about 200% of Medicare. Uh, Follow the money and things start to make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and we know you and I know obviously the the people performing the surgery don't get paid differently depending where they're operating, unless they were you know maybe they had had a part ownership of a facility or something like that. But essentially, you get paid the same to take out a, a hernia whether you're at the outpatient center or whether you're in the hospital proper. Well, uh, the variation's not in the doctor fee. The variation yeah. is in the facility fee, whether it's a hospital or not, whether it's a carrier or not. Yeah, so you should at least get free parking when you go to the hospital for your surgery, right? That's the least I could do. <laughs> that doesn't happen either, as you know. Uh, can, can you uh, describe briefly uh, what your business model is? I mean, so you're doing all these great things. I mean, obviously, do you charge a fee to the for your like a consulting fee or per member fee? How do how do you guys charge yeah, companies? So, so we you know we we consider ourselves under the umbrella of an employee benefit or a member benefit in the case of a union, and we do have a per member per month price, and for it's modest. And for that, the uh, we get the Prattert report, the list of cost drivers, the itemized executive report for the C suites twice a year. Uh, each uh, member. Uh, gets a money map mobile experience. Just tap the map. They get to know where to go in in their network to save the most money. Uh, for that price tag, we were willing to work to tie in the incentives of copay and uh, co-insurance waiving them or giving them money on a Visa card. Uh, and we give them access to a search engine. Uh, we put in the test name and zip code and see the real prices paid. And we also have a medical biller staff cost concierge uh, and we're on your side mm-hmm. we're going to tell you as much as we can and be as candid as we can because we care that you have affordable access to care and and we we wrap that all up and present that as our our cost savings uh, opportunity for employers and unions 
Well, I really appreciate the conversation and learning more about Pratter. And it's, this is exciting stuff. This is the disruptive uh, things that I think we need more of in the market. And so I appreciate what you're doing and, and I wish you the best of success. Uh, aside from going to Pratter.us, I think is the website, and which be in the show notes at uh, theparadox.com slash 079. What other places should people find out more about you or follow you? And I don't know if you are active in social media. I'm pretty active, mostly on LinkedIn. We do have a Twitter account. I will tell you this, that uh, we are uh, constantly uploading new matter on Pratter.us under Learn More. We have consumer tips. The favorite one there is how to deal with a surprise medical bill. Number one is prevention. Number two is you got the bill. Uh Uh-oh, what do I do? And number three is they want to take me to court. What are my legal rights and what should I do? Hmm. Uh, So we have that. Uh, We have... uh, four videos and growing that are expanding. We have some white papers that are downloaded, but at Pratter.us, consumer tips or learn more, I believe we have lots of free, valuable information that uh, of our lifetime of uh, experience in the medical medical billing world. Uh, now you got some good stuff at your fingertips that nobody else is willing to tell you. Well, Dr. Hennessy of Pratter, thank you so much for being on The Paradox. You're quite well. Thanks for having me. And again, happy Pratter Day to you and your audience. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what the doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash the paradox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com.